Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Cindy Joe Show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And this is Between the Whistles Detroit, your hometown team. We are your hometown team. He beat me to the punch because I wanted to say it this time. That's okay. It's all good. You know what I'll remind people of is the fact that we are sponsored by Wild Bill's Tobacco. We have over 100 locations throughout Michigan, and you get all of your tobacco and smoking needs there. And they are our friends. They support the hometown team. And speaking of the hometown team, Joe, we're talking the Detroit Red Wings, and it's getting ugly, ugly, ugly. So I am taking you to task, sir. Let's go. All right, Mr. Defender of the Faith. I know where this is going. You have been defending Jeff Blaschel all year long, and I like Jeff too, but at some point you have to look at the performance and say, it's time to make a change. So, do you still defend Jeff Blaschel? Do you still think that Stevie Y is going to keep him part of the organization? Because I got to tell you, I don't see how it's defensible anymore. It's nice that you you uh, showed me out like that. Um, <laughs> I expect nothing more from a Secretary of State candidate than you. I think you're ready to start your debate. We're going to mix it up on Wednesday in the I, Secretary I, of State. I think race. you're ready to, for your debate Wednesday. I've, I've, yes, I've, taught, you, I've taught you well, young grasshopper. <laughs> but like, I'll let you live that fantasy land world for a little I've, while. I've taught go you ahead. well. You've learned because you've, you been, have. you've, you've gone, have. you've gone against the best. So you are going to go against, you know, <laughs> some people and you're going to wreck the world. Do I think Jeff Blasio should stay the rest yes, for next year? Yes, stalling and get to it. Yes. And no. There's, oh, way to walk the line, Joe. Yes and no. I can make a case for both. Uh-huh. Would I keep Jeff Blaschel? I don't think so. The reason I wouldn't keep Jeff Blaschel is I think that there has been like a little bit of a, a, a stalling in the way that they played. But yes, I would keep Jeff Blaschel in the same sediment because – Listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna blame him for what's happening with the Red Wings in totality, you need to look at the reality of the situation. The reality is this roster isn't really well put together. And I know we I know we talk about Eisenman, how he, he, he does a good job, but some of his signings have been poop lately. Pew Suter is literally pew pew. <laughs> um, you know, uh, he signed Philip Peronic to the deal. Um, they were the two guys on the ice when they gave the, the overtime goal to the Rangers. Uh, Pew Suter, again, Pew Pew, has been one of the worst defensive forwards on the Red Wings 
by far. I'm actually surprised that Stevie didn't do anything with them at the trade deadline. I'm surprised he didn't try to deal. I don't think there's any market for them because I think I think other general managers are looking at this and going, "Oh my!" Like, like you know, like it go like you look at Hugh Sutter and you go, "He played really good in Chicago, but he's been put up to the second line, and more has been expected from him, and he has not went with the opportunity." You know, one of the things that the Red Wings are missing, and I've always told people this, and people always say, why why is Verona being put on the third line? Why is Batuzzi on the second line? Why aren't they all on the first line? And the reality is you only have one line if you put them together. And then the rest of your team is poop. So you need to – yes, Lucas Raymond has played great. Yes, Dylan Larkin has played outstanding. Yes, Bertuzzi has played outstanding. Verona came back, and he's been playing really, really well. But that defense, aside from Mo Sider, is absolutely awful. And people can blame the Dalkovich. They can blame Blaschel. They can blame the forwards. But the reality of the situation is the defensemen have been poop. Every one of them. You can go. I think your best defenseman, other than Sider, is Mark Stahl. And he's ancient. Okay? Like, you, you, you're talking about a guy. I mean, Gustav Lindstrom, who people like as a prospect, yeah. He's minus 10 on the year, okay? Philip Peronic is a guy who is – he's not a defenseman. He's an offensive defenseman, so he's not going to be as polished in the defensive end. You need a guy to pair with him who will be that defensive guy who is a guy like that. Ideally, what you would like to see, but you really couldn't put them on the same line, is a Johnny Klingberg coming to Detroit and playing with uh, uh, Philip Peronic. They're both right-handed shots. So you can look at like a guy like um Justin Schultz, but he's a little bit older, you know, he's thirty excuse me, thirty-two. Yeah. Those are guys you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get you're gonna have to get someone who could be on the same line as Heronic, who will make up for Heronic's deficiency on the defensive end. But Heronic needs to be better on the offensive end too, because he has not been good on the offensive end. That's where he's that's his bread and butter. And if you're not good on defense, you better be damn good on offense. Yeah, you know, like Mike Green, when he played with the Capitals, he was not known as a defenseman. He was known as their offensive defenseman who would play the power play, do really good like that. Mm-hmm. When he became, he never really materialized into a good defenseman because he he had deficiencies on the defensive end. Same thing with Ronick. He's Mike. He's Mike Green Jr. Except he's he's a guy who can't score. And can't put up offensive numbers like Mike Green did in his prime. Well, you know, the thing is, it's it's sad to see when, you know, I just cringe every time we get down into the defensive end because there's nobody defending the paint but Ned. There's nobody. There's He's got no help. He's got no help. You know, in, in the last game against um, uh, Ottawa, um, you're looking – I'm watching this goal, that second goal that they ended up taking back. I'm looking at that going, how could they have not scored on that? They didn't even need to interfere with the goalie. They didn't need to do that in order for that goal to score. I mean, you had to Kaiser standing in front. And Danny, Danny's – Danny Kaiser – Danny Blaschel and Larkin have got the most flack for everything. And it's not even their fucking fault. I swear, but who cares? It's not even. It's not even their effing fault. Because the reality of the situation is, like, 
these guys came into the rebuild when it was just starting with Ken Holland. And then Ken Holland never really materialized the rebuild. And these guys have been here forever dealing with this podunk bullshit. But I think Dan has passed his prime. I and that's the thing. That's, for Dan that's, to that's the thing. Danny has dealt with so many injuries. Yeah. They've taken a toll on him. He's been a warrior for the Red Wings. He's played games. He's no he, argument there. He but, has. But he's, he, been, but he's been great. Him being, put but in, him being put in this situation where he's playing god awful defenders, while he's not really in his prime still. It's just, it's just, it's not good for him. It's yeah. not good for the fan, the we, the team. We have no defense. We have no defense. That's the the sad part. It's not like you can even say, oh well, we've got you know a hole in the defense here, or we've got you know a failure. The the, the entire thing is not even there. I mean, it's not. There's nobody there. So I really feel bad for Ned because you know he doesn't. the The goals against are not reflective of what he's really doing and contributing to the team. And it's unfortunate, but I think he's a good goalie for the future, but we've got to get some defenders in front of that net to help him out. Otherwise you can just forget it. It doesn't matter how good the offense is. And I'll tell you, you know, you got the power play unit that comes out there and you've got, you know, you can't help but get excited. You got Larkin, Bertuzzi, Cider, Verana, and, um, and, and Raymond. I mean, that's the five best you got right there. I mean, and the sad part about it is, you know, you can see their their play development is good. You can see they just can't seem to break through and get it in the net all the time. And so it's it's better, but it's still not what it should be. I think ultimately what has happened here, I think you got a lot of talent in those five guys right there. That's a tremendous core to build around. I love it. Okay. I like Ned for a goalie of the future. He's got some consistency problems, but that's going to come along as he develops, as he gets a little bit older. Um, you fix the defense, you're going to see a tremendous improvement in the, in their play. Mm -hmm. But I believe strongly that this team has outgrown Jeff Blaschel. And and I won't, and I will not fault you for that. I mean, I think that I I, I truly think that if you're going to create, if you're going to fire Jeff Blaschel, you have to have a good replacement. And I know that people are hard on Blaschel. But the reality of the situation is, like, I, well, I, I don't think Flash is a bad guy. I don't think I, it's not even about being a bad guy. It's that it's like, I think Steve Eisenman has taken accountability of why this team is where they are. I mean, if you go back to his comments, um, I, I have them right here. He has, he says, we'll we'll see how the, we finish up. But clearly, the biggest thing we need to do is improve as a team defensively, and really, that's my responsibility. So he put the responsibility on himself. We have, and he says we have rooms, we have room and roster spots to improve the team this summer, and we'll try to do that. If Eisenman came out, I've heard this rhetoric from people uh, before. If Eisenman comes out and keeps Jeff Blaschel, people are going to start to question Eisenman, and I don't think that's right. I think what you got right now is, I think Stevie White, if he does make the change, it's because he has a method of his madness. If he if he does keep Blaschel, it means that he has a plan. Like he's not going to devour from that plan. He's not. He's not a. He's not one of those GM general managers that's going to make a a move just because it's popularity contest. No, I never thought that he was one of those kind of people uh, ever. Um, but I, you know, I think that the Wings are going to have to take some very significant steps to acquiring not just one, but at least two reliable defensemen to back up Mo Sider. I mean, the best defenseman you've got, the best player you have, one of them, the best ones is a rookie. 
Yep. I mean, now he should certainly win rookie of the year. And, you know, a lot of that is political. Talk about things being political. Um, you know, most ciders should absolutely win rookie of the year. And, oh, no doubt. But will but the, he? The, I don't know. the NHL is throwing this whole Trevor Zegers campaign because he plays in California and Anaheim Ducks need to, to get some fans back in the stands because the Red Wings do pack the stands still. And, and it just, it, you know what it comes down to? We have two rookie of the years who should be rookie of the year no matter what. Oh, for sure. No matter what. Yeah. And and they're and they're they're you're constantly getting dragged down because they play on a team that's not winning at the time. But Anaheim's not winning at the time. So Cider should easily win it because I mean you can make up the case he could be in the North campaign if 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 his plus minus was better. Yeah, I and I think the good news for the for the Wings is that they've got a still for as good as these two rookies are that they've brought up, they've got a couple more coming up yet. Still, mm-hmm. they've got Edvinson coming. They've got Bergeron who's going to be ready to go when they call him. Um, those, those are another two guys right there. You've got Salterboom. You've got you've got you know some guys that are really ready to go to help start filling this in. I'm not so sure it's going to happen and all come together next year. I think they need to replace the head coach. Needs to pick up two uh, solid defensemen. And then he needs to see if these rookies develop the way they think they're going to, and if they can bring them up into the roster. Now I think you're getting somewhere, but they need to be able to play together for a, you know a decent period of time to in order to gel and to get that chemistry right. Stevie will make the tweaks. I think they're probably and I you know I had hopes, I really did. I had hopes. I thought it was going to go a different way, but I can see after this season what I'm seeing is I think it's going to take two seasons before they hit the playoffs. If I were to do a bold take on the Red Wings. Um, and I love my wings, you know that. And um, I'm close to some of those guys. And um, as much as I wish that they would make the playoffs next year, and I would hope so, I really am going to say right now, it's don't look for it next season. Uh, look for it the season after that, especially if they bring on Igor Larianov, who they're talking about. Started to have just conversations. You know, Darren would say they're bringing the band back together. They're bringing back a lot of the guys that he played with that were part of the, you know, tremendous legacy of the Wings in the 1990s. See, I think differently. If they bring their Igor Larionov back or Sergei Fedorov back in coaching capacities or any of those other guys that had it together then, I still don't think they're going to pull it together for a playoff spot next season because they're going to be making their own tweaks and changes, and I think there's going to be too much um, – uh, not necessarily uncertainty, but I think you're going to have a lot of uh, fluctuations going on throughout the season next season. But then they'll be ready for the season following that. I think. I think honestly, they'll be in the playoffs next year. I wish. I hope. And if they, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm completely wrong because I would love nothing better than to see the Wings in the playoffs next year because there's so much exciting talent there that, and there's so much more coming up. So much more coming up. I think if they they get that physical game um, elevated, if they elevate the physical game, they get two reliable defensemen to back up Mo Sider, and you get a solid coaching staff in in replacement of your head coach. I think it changes everything, and it has the potential for it. But I think there'll be too much change in flux, and I think they're going to need a season to work through that in order to to really make it um, a significant playoff push the following season. Yeah, well, you know, you know, the thing about it is, uh, I don't know. I just think that they need to add 
talent to roster. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, them being I mentioned in the same uh, same capacity as like a, a Ben Myers, the the center from uh, Minnesota. You know that they're talking that the Red Wings are severe. You know interested in him as the centerman for the Red Wings. Um, if they can sign him, that'd be huge because he's a Hobie Baker Award finalist, um, mm-hmm. and he brings a, he brings something that the Red Wings vastly need. They need a defensive guy on the forward group on the second line, and you could see it, Ben Myers. It, ben Myers look, he's got the same prognosis. Uh, people say like Eric. I talked to one guy who said Eric Halla, who plays for Boston, is pretty good. Um, I've seen people say that he could be kind of like a Luke Glenn Denning. And that if you get a Luke Glendening in this roster, that could help out majorly because you need a guy like Luke Glendening. And I don't think people really realize how big of a of a uh, of a defensive forward loss they had. I did. I did. No, you did. You got to get you. Thank you for recognizing that because you, that was you did because I said it was a big mistake when they got rid of Glendening. Glendening losing Glendening was yep. huge. Losing Helmer was huge. Huge holder. Even though they're even though they were older guys, they still protected their their good defensive forwards. We have not seen that with Hugh Suter. We have not seen that with Michael Rask. Well, Michael Rasmussen has played actually pretty well in his own end. But like you haven't seen that. Like you you losing two guys like that on the forward group, it really makes your defenders look bad, especially if they haven't. And I think what Stevie expected, he's not getting. He expected this team to be Better defensively on the defensive group with Taronic, Lindstrom, uh, Stahl, and Letty. And he didn't, yeah. I, I don't think he expected all this from Cider. But if Cider wasn't like this, God only knows where this team would be. Well, and I think that, you know, we were talking, you talked earlier about how Stevie took responsibility for that and he acknowledged that. And, you know, we talk about kind of Steve being, you know, so smart and making all the right moves and all this kind of thing. But I think right now what we're seeing is we're seeing the evidence that Steve Eiserman is not perfect, okay? Um, I, I never expected him to be. He's a tremendous leader, and he's got a tremendous hockey mind. Um, there's no doubt about that. But this is where, you know, you're, even the best laid plans don't always work out. And I think Steve had had plans for this team and for the defense that did not work out the way he had expected and hoped them to. So he's going to retool. I mean, that's what a good leader does is that, you know, you don't expect it to be perfect every time. You don't expect it to be, you don't expect it to be right every time. And when you're not, you're going to address it and you're going to fix it. And that's exactly what he's going to do. And he's going to, that's and his, taking responsibility for it is the beginning of that. So I think that this is a perfect uh, thing to look at when we're saying, okay, Steve's not perfect. Things didn't work out the way he hoped, but he's going to make changes. And I hope that he will um, really take the, these things to heart. I think he, I think he certainly will. I think the one, there's another wild card coming up that could help the Red Wings tremendously next season and be a big part of this revitalization and rebuild and the retooling that Steve's going to need to do. And that is the development of Sebastian Kosa. And if he can come up, because the reality is we need another backup goalie because Grice is going to be gone. So forget about that. So all you've got now is you got Ned, who is great. And I love that guy. I think he could be a tremendous foundational piece. But it's it's just like when we had Osgood and Vernon. Or, you know, you need two solid goalies. Uh, you need a backup. Can Sebastian Kosa be that guy? Or, is, 
or is Stevie going to have to go shopping for one? He's going to have to go shopping for one. So in addition to picking up a couple defensemen, he's going to have to look for a backup goalie or perhaps even a starting goalie to give Ned a little bit of a you know relief on the pressure there and relieve the pressure on Ned a little bit. But he's also got a goalie problem that he has to deal with, and I don't think that's lost on Steve. I, I think there's a lot of holes in this team. I think I really don't think that uh, – I think when Eisenman came in, I really don't think he thought there would be this many holes. Like, I really don't think he thought that it would be this this tentative. And he knew it would be a process, but so far it's just been a really deep process. But if, I, if there's a goalie that I would I would, uh, I would look at getting is a guy like uh, – you can go and get David Riddick, who has been really, really well for Nashville. He's a backup type of guy. Um, you can go get a, a, a Martin Jones. He used to be a starting goaltender, but he's now backup to Carter Hart. You can even go. You can even try to go bolster your whole your whole. Uh, go get a Miko Koskinen, who's a, who's a, for Edmonton. He got overpaid when he by Chirelli in Edmonton, but uh, he's, he's he's a solid goaltender. It's, it's it's just you just need the guy in the second that second slot that can come in and, and take over. And obviously, Nadalkovich has had a consistency issue, so you're not going to have a consistent goaltender like. You, you know, some people would like. Stevie needs to bring a package, two defensemen and a goalie. Let's see what he does. And a forward, a centerman. Yeah. <laughs> and of this, and of that. We need a little bit of everything, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and that's how it goes. This is the rubbing segment of Between the Whistles. And uh, we, next we'll talk about Rookie of the Year for both Cider and, and, uh, and uh, Cade Cunningham. Oh, Cade's got to get it. That's next time between the whistles. See you then.